Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 325, and I'm in my new office. I'm really excited. I don't actually have internet out here. I have barely any furniture. I hope that the desk that I'm super excited I found on um, Facebook Marketplace that I love so much doesn't like cause all this echoing and make this podcast not okay. But anyway, um, I'm in my office and I'm excited. I'm excited to have a separate work and home space. Did y'all know I was getting an office like in a building outside of the house um, on our land? So anyway, um, I just want to remind you too that uh, organizing for the rest of us is out and lots of people are saying it's a great introduction to all my overall stuff or a great reminder to all my overall stuff. And so I'm, I'm loving hearing um, feedback and people who've really been helped by it. So make sure you get your copy. You can just search for it on any platform where you like to buy books or search Dana K. White, put the K in there. Otherwise, you'll get the MMA guy. And that's not me. All right. So here we go. We are going to do some questions. Um, I've been taking questions. I've been doing a live Q&A over on YouTube most Tuesdays lately. Um, and I'm taking some questions that are submitted for those and using them here for the podcast. So also, it's possible I'm going to get distracted because my dogs, this is their first time to go to work with mommy um, instead of just mommy randomly sitting down and doing stuff. Anyway, yes, they call me mommy. Anyway. Um, oh, my word. Oh, my word. Okay. Girls, what? Is there a cow in there? There's a cat. Okay, so my office is half of a barn and the it's a really nice part of the barn that doesn't look like a barn. But anyway, evidently a cat wandered into the barn part of the barn and my dogs are going bananas. So we're going to see how this goes. Welcome to my new to me world. Here we go. All right, first question. I find that very often I'm sorry. Y'all, my speech teacher once, once, my speech teacher once explained that it's actually often. It's not supposed to be often. I don't know if that's true or not, but it makes me question every time I speak those words. Do not scratch up my new walls. I find that very often I leave things out, say on my desk, on the kitchen counter, because something needs to be done with them. And I'm afraid if I put it away, I'll forget to take care of it. For example, papers my kids need filled out for school, a package to mail back to Amazon, a book that someone ripped that needs the cover taped, etc. The problem is that 
it tends to pile up and then I get frustrated about the visual clutter, don't always end up taking care of the things because they get buried and also need to make sure that my kids, they're ages one through six, don't throw it all on the floor. I've tried multiple times making a file or a place in a drawer for these things, but once it's out of sight, I usually forget about it completely. Do you have any advice how to handle these things that can't always be taken care of right away? Okay, so I'm gonna go with two different things here. First of all, I'm going to encourage you to listen to the podcast or watch the video, or there's a blog post as well, um, on how I finally conquered paper clutter. And that paper clutter, the key that made a huge difference to me, and this is what I learned from Cass and Dawn, but specifically Cass and her visual organizing systems, okay, her vertical files. So I have vertical files on the wall. It is not my favorite, but it's a real thing as opposed to a pile. When things go on into a pile, they grow. Not them personally, but other things get added to it and it just gets out of control, okay? So instead of putting it in a pile, having a very specific place. And one of the three files, because it's very broad categories, I'm not going to go into all that here, go listen to that podcast. But those three broad categories, one of them is the action file. Meaning this is, these are the things that I need to do something with. Okay. But let's go into it even a little bit more. The reality is that because it is a defined limited space, or, you know, a container, because it is a container that's a limit, it really means that when things go in there, they need to be in there for a purpose. Like if something is going to go in there and take up space, then something else later is not going to be able to go in there. And if everything needs to be done that's in there, it just triggers something in my brain that makes me go, wait, why can't I just go ahead and do this? Okay. Like it doesn't ever need to go in that file if I just go ahead and do it. And that's also just a general thing that has been a real change for me. And when I say real change, I don't necessarily, I don't at all mean that I'm perfect on this. Okay. It's not like, oh, I never put things off anymore, but I am so much less likely to put things off than I used to be. I keep laughing when I think about how crazy my dogs just went. Oh my word, y'all, they were absolutely berserk. That poor, poor little cat. Okay, anyway, so, (laughs) but I am so much, okay, so because I have seen the value of my take it there now, I mean, that's like one of my t-shirts that I have in my shop at amazon.com slash shop slash a slob comes clean. Like I have a t-shirt that says take it there now. Like that is everything. That's the answer. When I put out any kind of a survey on like, what is the thing that has made the biggest difference to you in your home and and your clutter issues? Take it there now is people's answer, period. It just is. Like there is something about that and and all that it means, okay? So my five-step decluttering process is all about final decision by final decision and acting on the decision as you make it, okay? And just going through that process a lot, I'm not saying 
Um, it's easy. But I'm saying like, the more I go through that process, the more I go ahead and make the final decision and I act on the final decision instead of what I used to do, which is like, go, I think I'm going to do this with that and then lay it down in a place so that I won't forget to do it, but not actually act on it. And then it would just, I never actually made any real progress. But when I've seen this incredible value in my home of making decisions, acting on them immediately, then it does carry through to a lot of things. And so the reason I'm really harping on this is because one of the examples that you gave was a book that was, I don't know, I can't find it anymore, but a book that was torn and just needed to be taped up. So so I get it. Like I totally get that that feels like it needs to go in a to-do pile. And yet the thing that I have realized is that even though it feels like, oh, I'm in the middle of something or whatever, if I will go to the place where I look first for tape, and then there's tape actually there because I've been following that principle, and I peel off some tape, and I tape it, and then it can go back on the bookshelf. Like, it's done. It's over. And I never have to think about it again. And so it, there is, it is worth it to me to stop what I'm doing, which is usually just kind of, you know, fluttering around anyway, but it is worth it to me to stop what I'm doing and go tape the book and go put it in its final resting place, the place on the bookshelf where it needs to go. Or if I go put it, go to put it on the bookshelf and there's no room for it there. And I realize, oh, wait, I'm not willing to take anything else out for it. Then I go put it in my donatable donate box that I always have going. You know I mean? Like there, the, there is such incredible value in acting on things. And, and I'm not saying this like, oh, just do this. I'm saying that this is one of the main things I've learned that has carried through to so many different areas in my life because that's generally overall improved how I do things. Like I, it's like my brain goes, oh, good. Never have to think about that again. And every time I experience that throughout the decluttering process, following the steps, whatever, I, I mean, it, it just makes a huge difference. Every time I experience it, it then means that it's more likely to cross my mind to actually go ahead and take care of this. It's not natural to me. Like it is not natural. I'm not saying like, because there are people in the world who probably talk about stuff like cleaning and organizing, who if they heard the same question, they would be like, why would you not just go ahead and tape the book and go put it away? I don't say that because I get it. Like it would, it used to never occur to me that that was an option. Like literally never occurred to me that that was an option. And now it does. But it does because I have methodically worked through the five-step decluttering process, forcing myself to make final decision by final decision with each item that comes out of the space and act on that decision. And the more I do that, and the more I experience the power of that, the more likely it is to come to my mind in the moment when I'm making this decision, you know, of what to do with this item that needs to be acted on, you know. And so, you know, other examples in what you gave were like, you know, papers that need to be signed for your kids. That's the same, that's the same type thing. I'm like, okay, my, I, I tend to be the person who's like, I can't think about that right now. And so I would just put it down. I'm like, I, I don't have time to read whatever it is they want me to read right now. 
But instead, the more I experience, wow, if I will just go ahead and act on it, then I don't ever have to think about it again. It's like, okay, all right, I don't feel like reading this right now, but I'm going to read this paper. It's rarely as overwhelming as I thought it was going to be. I read this paper and I, you know, sign it and I go and stick it in my kid's bag immediately. That's how I, my brain has changed the more that I do this. Not saying it's going to be easy the first time. I'm saying this is why it's worth it to work methodically and purposefully through the taking it there now so that you can experience the benefits so that then you can have that reaction in the moment. See what I'm saying? This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Projects. So many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a BetterHelp therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. My new digital picture frame from Aura is honestly my new favorite thing. It is a beautiful frame that displays a new photo every 10 minutes. Y'all, I'm delighted every time I walk by my beautiful Aura frame. One frame, lots and lots of photos that I can enjoy. That is a great solution for what can be a clutter problem, right? So how does one frame show so many photos? Well, I preload photos onto the frame using a super simple app that Aura has. I have also shared the app with my kids so they can add photos to my frame anytime from wherever they are. Now that my kids are all traveling and moving to different cities, this is like a mama dream come true. So we are also loading up a frame with pictures for my mom for Mother's Day. It only took me two minutes to get started using my Aura app. You can upload an unlimited number of photos, invite others to share photos directly to your frame with no fees or memberships. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code clean at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. Now, going back to the vertical file, 
Okay, you have a place to put it. It's a very defined, limited space, okay, so that it won't get out of control because you're you're forced into those limits and it's visible, okay? Because you said when I put it away, when I put it, you know, in a file or something like that or a drawer, I never think about it again. That's why the vertical file is visible, okay? And that's why that's helpful. And that's, um, I love that that Cass from Clutterbug will acknowledge that, you know, acknowledge that we don't all need to organize the same way because it just doesn't work for a lot of people. And, um, but even if you are thinking, here's the thing with me, even if I'm like, oh, I don't have time to do this right now. No, I really, really, really don't have time to do this right now, you know, because I'm really, really good at saying that. But I have a definite place to put it. And so I go to put it in this vertical file and I realize, oh yeah, this is a book. And a book is going to take up a lot of space and maybe be heavy enough that it's going to make this stuff fall off the wall. Okay. It's actually worth it to me to go do this thing. I mean, like to go find the tape and tape it and put it away. You know, and I'm always amazed at how little time it takes to actually do the thing. But just having the contained space is another trigger for my brain to help me see the value in going ahead and doing the action now instead of waiting until later. So I'm saying, or it could be as much as, you know, like I've got this paper to put in there. Wow, this is already kind of full. You know what? I can just go ahead and sign it and put it in my kid's bag and then I'm done forever. Okay. And the more that you do that, the more likely you are to do it. Remember that most likely for a lot of the people listening, if you're like me, it is never going to be something where oh, it just never even occurred to me to not go ahead and do it. No, I mean, it's, I'm still going to have this internal struggle. Like I have the internal struggle and I feel like I probably always will have the internal struggle. But the more I experience success, the more the struggle ends in me saying, no, this is worth it. This is worth it to me to do. And often it means the struggle doesn't quite take as long of internal turmoil as it used to. Okay. Did I say what the name of this podcast was? I don't know. I feel like I'm so distracted today. Um, It's podcast number 325, and I believe I'm going to call it um, Follow the Steps every single time. I don't know. Okay. Um, Next question. Now that I am making progress decluttering my home, there are just so many things I need to address in my home painting, fixing things that are now obvious and hard to ignore. I've been procrastinating about these for as long as I have about the clutter. Do you have any tips for getting these jobs done, such as prioritizing them or just getting motivation to get through them? Okay, because we're going to focus on the steps here, you know, the same basic principles. You said that you are now making progress decluttering your home. Okay. And you're saying this to me. So I'm going to assume that you're using my strategies to help declutter your home and that they're working for you and they're working for you for a reason. Okay. Maybe, and I'm so sorry about this, but maybe your brain is like mine. You know, I don't wish that upon anyone, but although it is kind of a fun brain, but whatever. So let's, let's talk about that. How would you apply the same strategies here? Well, If you're following the visibility rule and the visibility rule did work for you, meaning you saw your progress, you were inspired to continue because you saw the progress that you had made and you're looking specifically for a way to prioritize, well, use the visibility rule to prioritize this too. If it is your entryway that, um, you know, is old wallpaper and, you know, you've been meaning to either change it or paint it or whatever it is you've been meaning to do, 
go ahead and work on that first. And because you need a way to prioritize, that's what you're saying is you're saying, I've always gotten so overwhelmed. There's so many different places. I need a way to prioritize. Well, what works for you with decluttering, hopefully is using the visibility rule. So use the same thing so that when you open the front door, you're kind of able to show off the work that you've done and you'll see it more often and you'll be more ready to start doing some more again later, hoping to build that momentum, okay? Along with that as well, using the same decluttering strategies, maybe I'll call it just follow the strategies. I don't know. It's going to be a surprise. It's a surprise title. Sorry, Rachel. Okay. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to name a bunch of different titles and then whichever one she chooses is probably the one I'm going to go with. All right. So um, the other question was, The other part of that question is, there's so many things I need to address in my home, painting, fixing things, et cetera. I'm going to say, follow the strategies and start with the easy stuff first. Because when it's the same way, when you feel like my whole entire house needs to be decluttered, every single space in my home needs to be decluttered. It's really, really easy to fixate on that really difficult, difficult thing. And instead the way that you start to gain momentum, the way that you really impact your home for the long term is to start by getting the easy stuff out of the way. And then as you do that, you're not overwhelmed because it's the easy stuff and you start to see real progress and you inspire yourself to keep going or you make more progress faster so that even if you aren't able to keep going, there's more to show for the work that you've already done. I don't know if that makes any sense, but go with the easy stuff first. Okay. So you said fixing things, painting things. There are some people who will say things like painting is the easiest thing you can do. And I'm like, it's really not for me. Okay. But you know, so that's going to be different for everybody, you know, fixing things like maybe there's something that you've already bought the stuff for. Maybe there's something that you've already watched 10 YouTube videos and you're like, yeah, that actually is really easy. I just have to do it. Go ahead and do those things. The things you already have the stuff for, the things that you've collected things for. And, you know, prioritize by visibility, start with the easy stuff, and you'll start to really make an impact on your house. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Next question. Oh, I love this one. Does the five-step method work for email and electronic files? My email and computer is a mess. I'm going to say absolutely yes, it does. And here's the reason I'm going to say that. Because I hear from people all the time who say, I applied your five-step decluttering process to my email 
And I can't believe the power and impact of using that five-step process. Have I personally done it? No, that's why I haven't really talked about it. That's why I don't have posts or podcasts or videos on how to do that. Um, I do have a, a post and I plan to make a video on how to reduce your Gmail pretty quickly. But yes, it's it's the same process. And I'm going to say it because like I said, I've heard from so many people like I just followed the process and the process works because it is a process, like it's steps to follow so that when you feel overwhelmed, you don't have to first invent a process to then implement. Sorry, I'm laughing again when I think, I'm sorry. I, my dogs went bananas. I'm going to have to check the walls for major scratches. These walls were just painted and they're going to have claw scratches all over them. And I'm mad, but these are things I'm learning. Okay. Anyway, but the process is a process so that when you feel overwhelmed, you take a deep breath and you say, okay, well, what's the next, next thing I'm supposed to do? So you look at your, you, you just said, you know, my computer and my email is a mess. Okay. So what do you start with? You start with the easiest of the easy stuff, which is trash. And that means, you know, somebody on a video recently commented and said, um, my problem is that when I look at trash, I think of how I could repurpose an item. Well, the the truth is that's not trash. Like that's not trash. If you're, no, we're looking for obvious trash, like the kind that you don't even question, right? Like I'm guessing that you probably don't, maybe you do, but you probably don't repurpose dirty Kleenex, right? I mean, please don't, right? You probably don't repurpose dryer lint. Wasn't it in the 80s when they were, there was some toy that had been stuffed with dryer lint. And so they were highly flammable or whatever. I don't know. But like, you probably don't repurpose scraps of paper that are completely scribbled on or blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, like, and if you do fine, skip that and move to something that you like actual real trash. So what's the first step in your process of, you know, working through your digital stuff? Well, it's to go through and get rid of the obvious, easy trash. Okay. Go through your emails and get rid of the ones that you're like, why do I even have this? Why did I subscribe to this? This isn't Dana. And so I do need to I mean Dana's email. I don't need to question. It's obviously very important. If you'd like to subscribe, go to a slobcomesclean.com slash newsletter. Um, but, but really though, I mean, like go with your most obvious stuff first, because in the same way that it works with clutter, it gets you started in a non-emotional zero energy way. It gets you going, but it also means that you are now looking at your inbox. You are looking at your email files where before you might've been like, Oh my goodness, I just see that number. I see that number and it's in the 157 thousands and Oh, it just overwhelms me. I can't even, I just don't even know how I'm going to ever deal with that. Well, by saying I'm just going to get rid of a little bit of trash. And if all I do is spend five minutes, okay, then I will have gotten rid of some trash and it'll be gone. And I know the value of getting rid of trash because I use that in my regular physical clutter stuff. And so you get rid of trash and then you have now actually looked at things. So there were things that you skipped over 
But you skipped over it for a reason and your brain did read it and register it. And now you have a much more realistic idea of what you're dealing with in your inbox. And because you have a much more realistic idea of what you're dealing with, your brain is going to be adjusting even while you're not thinking about it actively, your brain is going to be adjusting and know what it is that you're going to deal with. And then you're going to be ready to take the next step the next time you go in. Okay. So, so yes, does this process work? Yes. People use it and, and the strategies are there for a reason. They're there for those of us who have always been the type to want to reinvent the wheel. We've always been the ones who, and when I say we, I'm talking about myself, okay? We've always been the ones who would, like, I know that this is the tried and true way, but I don't like that. I don't enjoy that. So I'm just going to come up with my own new way. And yet, then we weren't successful, right? That was me. Like, I was always trying, and, and I finally realized, wait, this works, And even though I still tend to find a similar problem and think, okay, how am I going to solve it this time? I have to often out loud, verbally remind myself, Dana, the steps and the strategies are there for a reason. They work every time. Just go with them. Okay. Visibility, visibility, visibility. Okay. I'm starting my, what's my, okay, there we go. I'm going to start here. All right. Oh my goodness. Trash, trash. I'm just going to get rid of trash. That gets me going. Like those strategies are there for a reason. Okay. Here we go. Another question. How do you handle a situation where your container is bigger than what you can manage? Example, we have lots of storage in our house with two storage rooms downstairs and multiple other buildings on the property. Ideally, I would only like to be using a couple of shelves for storage in the basement. I don't want to accumulate a bunch of stuff that I'm not using just because we have the space to store it. My husband's attitude is we have ample storage space, so we should just keep everything and not get rid of anything. I'm also worried that if I clear out more of the storage downstairs of my stuff and my kid's stuff, that it will just create more room for him to keep even more. I don't have any doubt that he will max out whatever storage space he has. Okay. All right. So a couple of things here. Okay. First of all, giving him storage space that whether it's, you know, a, a conversation you have or just an internal decision that you make and you say, that's his storage space. I'm not going to worry about it. I mean, that will do wonders, right? For for you. I mean, there's many times where the answer for me is to try to, is just to give up control of something that I really don't have control of anyway. And I was just trying to convince myself I had control of. Okay. So, I mean, it's his house too. He wants to store things. Great. You're focusing on your own stuff, um, neutral stuff, kid stuff that maybe you feel like you have the more authority over to, you know, be dealing with. Um, or more responsibility might be the better word, um, or whatever the word is. Just don't get offended by whatever word I just said. Just know that, yeah, you know what I mean. Anyway, but focus on your stuff, neutral stuff, get that out and acknowledge that this storage room that's for him. Now, here's the thing I would do on some of these spaces that you think I don't want this space to turn into a storage space. Okay, like I'm, I'm picturing your basement and you said something about two shelves and you said something about two storage rooms. I don't have a basement. I don't live in a place with basement, but clearly I live in somewhere with a barn now. So that's probably going to have some similarities there. But the issue for, or, or the thing that would help for you is to say, okay, if I don't want these things to be storage, then what do I want them to be? 
I need to define the room because in his mind, if they've been storage and you're thinking about clearing it out, then it's still defined as a storage space, right? So why would he not be able to put stuff there? So it's like, if you want to clear out this space that maybe had your storage stuff or whatever, then why are you cleaning it out? You know, what is it, what is it going to be? Is it going to be a craft room, art studio, you know, sitting room, reading area, whatever, um, just give it some sort of a space, even if that's, you know, a, a cheap folding table that you put down there. And um, just to give it a defined space. Okay. And then here's something I'm going to tell you that worked really well for Dawn, the minimal mom. She shares this a lot, but, um, and, and I, I think, I don't think this was really a thing for me because I just needed to get stuff out of my house. It was all in piles. It wasn't in neat, <laughs> um, neat, like tubs and things like that, but she emptied out tubs and then left the tubs on the shelf so that the other people in her house didn't really, they didn't know those tubs were empty. So it was like, you know, she was wanting to get rid of stuff. So she had less to manage, but then the tubs were still there. I don't know. I think that's a a clever idea. So, all right. But I hope that that makes sense for you. Like, you know, just really say, okay, if, if I'm going to clear this out and it's not being used for anything else, I mean, it's his house too. And so he wants to put things there. That's fine. But if you want to clear it out, give it a purpose, whatever that purpose is, give that space some sort of a purpose so that it isn't just an empty space. Why not use it for storage? Make sense? Okay. I think I have time for one more question. Greetings from Chile. I want to help my mom Did y'all hear how I said that? Were you proud of me? Um, I want to help my mom declutter and organize better our home. The biggest problem is that she becomes so attached to stuff that people have given her as a present. Um, She's very worried that we'll get offended if they find out she gets rid of them. Um, She gets mad at me when she finds out I get rid of something that someone else gave me as a present. Okay. So um, how do I convince her that it will be best, that it's best to get rid of the stuff that's cluttering our home? Okay. So here's what I'm gonna say on that. Again, the strategies and steps are there for a reason. Like they work. I think I have another podcast labeled that. Sorry, Rachel. Anyway, like the steps are there and they are there for starting with easy stuff. Okay. So again, I don't know this whole situation. I don't know everything that's going on. I don't know how far you are in the process. Are we down to the point where the only clutter left in the house is, is gifts you know, is that the thing? My guess, just based on experience of talking to people and in my own experience is no, probably there are other things that um, can be dealt with. So the steps are start with the easy stuff. All right, get rid of trash. And this means in this scenario, if you are trying to help your mom, then it's what she identifies as trash. Okay. So work through the steps you know, let me, let me help you. I'll pull anything down. Is there anything that, you know, you see in this space, this visible space, start with that first so that she really sees the impact and power of the work that you're doing. But yeah, so deal with the easy stuff first. Do do trash, help her with, you know, taking things to their already established homes, anything that you're ready to get rid of, and then work through those two decluttering questions. So instead of having the conversation about who gave you this, about how, when they might come to the house next and see that it is or isn't there, 
Um, instead of anything like that, go with the, the two decluttering questions because they don't ask that. They don't take that into consideration. It is simply, where would you look for this first? Where even if you know that your mom would never look for this, that she never uses it, that doesn't matter what you know, because this is her stuff and she's having to deal with it. So you say, you know, where would you look for this first? And then if she doesn't have an answer, then you go with the next question. You know, if you needed this, would it ever occur to you that you already had one and let her be the one to answer? And if she just can't get rid of it, skip it, move to the next thing. So many times what I see is when people try to help someone declutter, especially when it's our relatives, okay? Like when when it's people who we maybe speak more freely with than we would with anyone else in the whole world, you know, it's usually your mama, right? Um, the tendency is to want to get into these conversations. Like I have observed my entire life that you really have an issue with such and such. And so we're going to declutter and this is going to be my chance to address this thing that I have seen in you for the last 25 years that's driven me crazy. Okay. This is not that that's not productive. That's not actually helpful. It really doesn't move you forward. So sticking with those questions instead is the key. Okay. And if they, well, they, they can't get rid of that. Like they wouldn't look for it anywhere. They would never think that they had it, but so-and-so gave it to them. Okay. Move to the next thing. Because when you get rid of anything, you've made progress. It's better. It's less than it was before. And the more that you experience better and less, and she's going to experience better and less with stuff that wasn't emotional for her, then the other stuff in her house is going to start to look different. I mean, it's just guaranteed the the process works. The steps, the strategies, they work. Make that progress before you get to those emotional, dramatic power struggle type things, which really you never have to get to as long as you're following the process. But even if you're helping someone else, if you will make that progress, let them experience the progress before they have any of that angst, then everything later on is going to look different to them. It's going to be easier. It's not going to be as dramatic. It's not going to feel like ripping their hearts out. Okay. And avoiding the power struggle means y'all are going to get so much farther down the road or further. I haven't looked it up this time and I can never remember which one it is farther or further. One of them is like actual measurements and one of them is more of a feelings, emotional type thing. Anyway. All right. I think I'm going to stop there and sorry about the dogs barking, but oh well. All right. I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.